This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. And today I'm joined by Stu Heinick, president of Cartoon Link. Hello, Stu. Hello there. How are you? Good to join you. I'm very well, thank you. Uh, joining us from over the pond, I'm outside in the garden. You can probably hear the seagulls. I can hear something on your desk, but no seagulls. <laughs> <laughs> they come in later. Um, right, um, talking of seagulls, the, the topic we're discussing is humour. Now, um, Stu, you are a professional cartoonist, aren't you? Uh, well, loosely, yeah. Yeah, pretty, yeah. That's about right. <laughs> and um... <laughs> It's a difficult question, isn't it? <laughs> So, yeah, we're going to talk about humour in marketing. And uh, I've been looking forward to this interview for quite a while because I, as some of you might know, I I am a humorous fellow and I sometimes get into trouble because of my humour. Um, so Do I'll be I quite... hear those seagulls hammering away? Uh, that, 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 that's that's somebody, no, that, that's somebody hammering something. I think there's somebody in the next garden making something. But uh, you will, you, for that later. you will hear the seagulls. Um, <laughs> let's talk about humour. Let's talk about yeah. uh, a bit of a definition of how you see humour, why cartoons are so powerful in marketing, and, and what does humour do to people? Sure. Well, you know, they're all great questions. Um, and, you know, just basically... You know, we, we know that magazines and newspapers are constantly running readership surveys to find out what gets read and remembered. Mm. And what they find is that cartoons are almost always the best read and remembered part. In fact, in fact, in the case of newspapers, they're better read than the front page, which, which is funny because, you know, the paper's wrapped in that, in that piece of paper, mm. but people go right past it to the cartoons. So what that means really is that cartoons get more attention than just about anything in print or on screen. So, and then you, if you think about the nature of humor, humor is about truth being revealed in a twist, mm. isn't it? I mean, you notice how you, you laugh at something and then you say, huh, but after you finish, you say, huh, but it, you know, it, that's so true. Or yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it, it is like that, or I've been through something like that. There's yeah. always something you just go, my God, that's so true. Just that captured it. Well, so from a marketing, well, actually I'll, I'll just mention also the, though that they're also disarming. God, you! I mean, I just—I've sent such obnoxious things in, in cartoon form, and they always get received well. So, so from a marketing standpoint, though, if we look at this, what we have is again something that that gets more attention than just about anything you can put in print or on screen. Mm. Then they're—they're they're always what they're doing when someone laughs when they when they say I don't know if they say it in the in the UK, but here we say oh I get it, and yeah, and if they're saying that, then they did get it. They got your message. They, what they've gotten is a point of agreement planted almost subliminally. I mean, they're just laughing and going, it's so true, and that's it. It's done. They're already in agreement with, with your point. And, uh, and then because they're disarming, they tend to melt away the, that natural resistance people have to, to strangers and to commercial messages. And yeah. So, you know, for all those reasons, I, I think they're actually the, the ultimate involvement and engagement device probably the most powerful there is in existence well i was going to say i mean therefore do you think that cartoons specifically are a very good persuader of messages yeah uh, they they are again because um you know andy when 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 i start talking to a a new client it, it always feels a little silly to suggest mm. to them that they put a 
cartoon at the tip of their marketing spear, if you will. But, you know, it, it's because of those reasons that I just stated. Um, they just, they're, they're just, uh, they're just an amazing device for getting people to, to engage. And based on how you've targeted the cartoon or the cartoon you've chosen or created has to be done very carefully. Yeah. Um, but if, if it is, then my God, people are just, they're laughing and sitting there and nodding their head in agreement with the message that you intended to, uh, the thing you intended to get them to agree with. So is there then uh, a right way and a wrong way to use humor? I know that I'm an expert in using it incorrectly, <laughs> but there must be a right way and a wrong way to use it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, one, one of the things that I should, should start with is just that the way that we're used to using humor um, is often between friends, you know, you're down at the pub and you're kidding around and, and usually it's pretty biting humor. And of course, that's not the kind of humor you'd want to use in a marketing campaign. Um, and I should mention also that in my use of cartoons, I, I'm always using them with personalization. So there's a, there is, the recipient finds their name in the caption. It's about them. And so that shows up in mailed campaigns and it shows up in email and um, contact campaigns. Uh, so obviously, if we're going to send a cartoon about the recipient, we want them to come out on top in the humor. We want them to feel like that it's just paid them a compliment. It's the opposite of pub, uh, pub humor. And, you know, the next thing is that, you know, a lot of times the clients will ask if they're, actually they'll ask, but this is great. I, I love the cartoon, but could we change it? Could we change the caption? Mm. And I know what they're, it's, it's just code for saying, can we inject our brand into the, into the cartoon? Um, can we inject, inject something about ourselves, uh, our, our brand or our, our offer, uh, our product name, something. And that kills it. They, people don't care about that. Mm. And uh, so it has to be about something they care about. Um, so again, so I'm, I'm, and now I'm explaining, or, or I'm describing a cartoon that has some targeting um, specifications to it. First is, it needs to be, it's going to be about the recipient. It needs to be something about something that they find important in their lives. And they need to come out on top in the humor. And, of course, it has to be funny. I've seen a lot of people try to imitate what I do, and they do a very clumsy job of it, primarily because they don't even, they don't even put a gag into it. So there is no twist. It's just, here's my message. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's pretty, pretty lame. Um, but if you do all those things, then the recipient gets the cartoon, a couple things happen again. The recipient sees it, gets the cartoon. If it's showing up in a stack of mail that day, it, they'll, it'll cause them to pull it out of the stack. It causes it to stand out just like it does in magazines. So um, they'll, they'll pull it out and, and give it special attention. They'll open it up. If it's in a postcard, they'll stick it up on the refrigerator door. So they treat it in, in wonderful ways. Um, the other thing that happens is that if there is secretarial screening, well, assistants and, and secretaries and, and mailroom clerks never throw away cartoons about their bosses. So, <laughs> you know, that's a great, great, wonderful benefit of this. Yes. But I would say, I would say one last final point about the right and wrong way of using humor, and, and particularly cartoons, is I think it helps a lot if the cartoon is done by someone who is recognizable. So here in the States, we have, we have cartoonists who are published in the New Yorker, that's probably the cream of the crop, mm. and, um, and the Wall Street Journal, which is one of the places my cartoons appear. 
uh, I would say that I would have said a, a decade or more ago that Punch would be the place to find them in the UK, but I'm sure you know who the prominent cartoonists are in the UK. I know that Punch is around. I know that they have a repository. It's probably useful and helpful to your listeners that I know that they have a, a, a repository of cartoons. And I think this, I think they may have something like half a million cartoons mm. and, you know, cartoons reflect what's going on in, in, in current society. So those cartoons span a lot of years and express a lot of things that are, are quite historic at this point. You mentioned um, contact campaigns. I just want to clarify for our listeners, because a lot of our listeners are from the UK. I'm not sure if a contact campaign is that is something that people immediately recognize in the UK. That's where you where you're sort of you're trying to sort of find your way to someone that someone wants to get in contact with, isn't it? Like to get through the gatekeeper, yeah. like a, a, um, a president of a company or something like that. And it's been working quite effectively for you, hasn't it? Use of cartoons. Uh. It has. And, uh, and the content, I don't know if anyone will know the, the, the term contact campaign yet. It's, I think it's my own. It's what I've been calling them. And it, it's because I haven't found a, a term that describes it otherwise. Mm. The contact campaigns are, Okay, let me see. I'm I'm in the midst of of a lot of interviews, talking to a lot of thought leaders in sales and uh, marketing right now, uh, getting their their ideas that will be included into the magazine and quotes and so forth. And so the the the, the definition of it is is changing and expanding. But mm. essentially, it is a campaign, a one to one campaign that you're using to get in touch with someone. It's very important. So this could be um, it could be a CEO or a president of a company. Um, or it could, be, it could be someone lower. It could be just a, a term that's come out in some of these interviews as the CEO of the problem you want to solve mm, as a salesperson. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, you know, oftentimes these, these people are awfully tough to reach. And, you know, they're, they're busy um, and very protective of their time and, and resistant to talking to people they don't know. And uh, to, to, um, to make it more complicated, obviously, they have, uh, assistants and assistants are very adept at at goalkeeping or or um, uh, gatekeeping, and they they will easily ferret out the people who are not supposed to be talking to this person and and wasting their time. Mm. Um, so it's pretty tough. But these contact campaigns, uh, and and I've used cartoons this way. And typically, I'll, I'll put a, a personalized cartoon on a an eighteen by twenty four inch. Um, it's really an indoor signage mm. piece. So. So it's 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 quarter inch foam core um, that is produced on and anyway there's a there's a cartoon on one side and then a message from the sender to the recipient on the other yeah. explaining who they are and why they want to meet um, and these things have been getting response rates that have gone well I've seen it happen now three times that it's gone as high as a hundred percent and from the initial meetings that that result either the meetings or conversations on the phone just those initial meetings. We've seen an ROI of as much as eight thousand percent. Wow! And just again, just the sales that have happened during those initial, the, the first conversation. Um, but I've just spoken to someone who told me about a campaign that he used to reach um, builders. He's in the mortgage business, mm. and he wanted to team up with builders so that they could, so that the, the builder would offer or refer um, buyers to to the to the mortgage company. Um, yeah to finance their purchases. And so this fellow devised a um, really simple contact campaign that cost him $175, including postage. Mm. And he sent it out to 70 builders. He said about 60% of them responded, but about 25 to 30 
entered into a relationship, this referral relationship that they were uh, that they were targeting, and they ended up producing over a million dollars worth of sales. Wow! So that, if we if we take the calculator out, it gets to be a a rather bizarre and probably meaningless number because the number is so large. Yeah. But it, it turns out to be a five hundred and seventy thousand percent ROI. That's, That's crazy, crazy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so you know, if you if you think about, I mean, in in direct mail or direct response, uh, the number that gets gets quoted a lot, a lot, and it's kind of a false number, is you you ought to be shooting for a one percent response rate. Yeah. And it's not really. We'll use it for this for this discussion, but it's not really a valid number. Sometimes it should be much higher, and sometimes, or a lot of times, it's much lower. If you're going to a cold list, someone, you know, a, a list of people that don't know you or your brand, you could expect it to be lower than that. But at any rate, direct marketers are used to seeing response rates at at 1% or perhaps less. Mm. And and if it's um, if it's a major publisher, for example, they're also used to seeing, and, and they're selling subscriptions to the magazine, they're also used to seeing an ROI that is less than 100%. So they're not breaking even. Um, so to be talking about 100% response rates, that's like saying in, in among marketers, it's like saying you just saw a UFO. Well, it's like it's like saying to a, it's like saying to a physicist that you've got a machine that makes more energy than it has going yeah. into it. It's like a, one of those over one over unity perpetual motion machines. Yeah, everything yeah. that you, we've heard is impossible, and and 100% response rates are lumped into that category. I'm trying to work out um, what it is about cartoons, Stu. I mean, I'm thinking it's it's almost like um, it shows that you've gone to the trouble, doesn't it? It shows that you've gone to the trouble to think about them and what they look like and who they are. People, I guess, people are very flattered when they get a cartoon of themselves. They are very flattered, and um, and and they'll hold on to it as a keepsake, whether it's just a postcard that you mail to the yeah to the postal service or one of the big, uh, what I call big boards, but those those big foam core pieces yeah. or something else, they they hold on to it. Probably the rest, those I'm sure people are holding on to the rest of their careers. But what it shows, you're right, it shows some forethought. And that's a critical element of any any form of campaigning. And it's certainly true of, uh, of trying to reach a CEO. Uh, you're really wasting their time if you don't know anything about their business or them. Uh, or what they're trying to achieve, what their priorities are, or goals are, and and how you can, as as others have put it, how you can help them see around the corner, what's happening next, where, what's what's about to affect them, um, and if you don't know those things about the about the recipient, again, I'm talking about contact campaigns. Yeah. If you don't know that, then you're wasting their time, and they they can recognize it immediately, and um, they're not going to be very happy with you. However, it's it has the exact opposite effect if you have looked into this and you, and you do know what you're talking about. If, you, if you've done your homework and you understand what it is they're doing, what they're trying to achieve, and, and how you can help them, um, yeah, then they're, they're all ears, and they can, be, they can become your best friend. <laughs> it's now, a completely different response. We must talk about uh, your experience of using cartoons and email marketing. Um, I'm just going on from what you said. I'm going to make a, a guess that if you're doing the type of marketing where you're targeting individual people, then I'm going to guess that this would work really, really well. What's your experience using it in email marketing? Well, you know, if any of your audience members who are using email to, to reach an, their audience, 
um, will recognize the fact that even though these are people who've opted into the list, which is very different from, say, direct marketing where you're renting a list, that would be spamming an email. Mm. Still, um, so these people have asked to be on the list. Still, I'm sure they'll all recognize the fact that when they look at the metrics and they look at the open rate, um, you know, a lot of people aren't opening them. And this could be because they're seeing your, your newsletter over and over again. I've, that's the, the nature of newsletters. Mm. They're, seeing, they're seeing one after the, after, after the other after the other. And, you know, they signed up for it. They're interested, but they'll quickly find that they don't have the time. I mean, that's something I've certainly experienced with these newsletters. Um, it's not something I want to lose contact with, but I find myself just archiving them without opening it. Yeah, that's a nice way yeah. of putting it, archiving them. <laughs> Archiving them in the wastebasket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, um, so w- w- what we've been finding is that when we include um, what I call a cartoon device or our cartoon device, which is the cartoon, essentially, it's the cartoon with the personalized caption. So there's a data insertion point for first and last name built into the caption. And the yeah. caption is, is rendered as text. Yeah. Not part of the, part of the image. Well, when we do that, um, we find that the that the uh, the open rates tend to double, and if you're including the cartoon device in multiple deliveries like newsletters or drip campaigns, mm. then that higher resp- or that higher open rate continues from that point on, and it, and people end up. I, I suppose you could say that this attaches to the brand in a positive way because I've heard a lot of clients say, well, you know, when I go to trade shows or wherever it is I'm going and meeting with people who are on my list. They immediately recognize me because they're saying, "Hey, you're the guy who sends me those cartoons all the time. <laughs> I love those." So it makes you so, famous. So that's wonderful, but it does. It, yeah. it makes the, the sender famous, which is wonderful. And that's you know, as the private provider of marketing services, that's what you hope to do for your clients. Yeah, yeah. It's create that kind of brand recognition. Um, so the one story I'd love to tell you about, though, is the is the one that happened with classmates. Mm. Classmates.com is a, obviously an enormous. Uh, entity, um, but at one point, well, they they were uh, they were started here in Seattle, and I knew the the founder Randy Conrad's. I'm not sure how we came in contact, but I knew him right after he started it, and um, and he was growing this enormous database of people who'd love to stay in touch with their classmates, but he had no reason or no permission to, and really no basis for getting in touch with these people at all. Mm. Uh, and he should be. I mean, that that's that's the that's where the value of, of classmates.com was, was the, this database that they were, that they were generating. And so I had suggested to Randy that, that, you know, I realized though that Randy's probably, is anyone named Randy in, in the UK? <laughs> I'm just realizing this. Yeah, we, we, we have, uh, I'm sure we have some Randys in the UK. Well, you know, I heard, I heard this blooper story. I'll digress for a moment if you don't mind. I no, heard this blooper do. story of Mattel was introducing a new, a new doll that would read books it was sort of seemed like it was reading books to your child. Yeah. Um, so it came with books and it came with, I guess, cassettes that would load into the doll. Yeah. And they, they named it Randy reader and they were <laughs> quite confused about why everyone, when they introduced it in the UK, they were quite confused about why everyone was laughing. Well, in the UK, Randy means sexually active. Does it mean the same yeah. in the U S it, um, no, but I'm aware of the meaning. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's not what why Randy yeah, sorry, was back, back to the classmates.com story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, I said to Randy, you know, you need some reason, some basis for 
addressing this huge database of people you have because my gosh, then you can sell advertising against it. And that's when you that's when you'll be able to start start monetizing this. And so I said, you know, why don't we come up with a cartoon page that that you can send and, and you know we'll, we'll include a personalized cartoon and um and then you can add things in whatever you want. I mean just make it about about classmates and put links back in and tell them what the news is and, and explain what all the features are and so on. But let's just, let's give them a cartoon, um, really the cartoon device, and let's also give them a way to forward it. So, um, so you get viral pass along. Mm. Well, he, he came back to me afterward and, um, and, and he said, guess what we discovered? We've been getting uh, open rates as high as 130%. That's one over unity again. <laughs> my God. So, you know, how could they have reached more people than they were mailing to? Um, obviously, they were, that has had to have been multiple opens. I'm still scratching my head about it. Yeah, or it, it could be the viral, it could be the viral pass And the viral, yeah. 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 Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is, you know, it, it was, certainly we can see evidence of cartoons doing in email, um, what they what they also do in yeah. in print publications, which is they get a lot of attention. People love them. They pay attention. I mean, they 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 I don't know. They they just want to interact with them. You've uh, written a couple of books, haven't you? Tell us about these books. Sure. Um, well, the first one I wrote is called Drawing Attention, mm. and you know when I started, uh, there's a fellow named David Ogilvy who is a legendary ad man. He is a Hall of Fame marketer. Uh, he was the founder of Ogilvy & Mather, one of the top 10 advertising agencies in the world. And he always used to say, don't use humor. Humor doesn't work. <laughs> and they also used to say, people don't buy from clowns. Of course, he was wrong mm. on all those counts. But all of the experts, when I was starting out, were, were repeating his advice, don't use humor, it doesn't work. It's the quickest way to kill off your campaign. And I, I suppose for most most of the people that I was listening to, their their use of humor might have killed off their campaigns. I don't know, but well, maybe it was applied wrongly. It was, it was absolutely. And, I, and yeah. again, I keep seeing examples of why that would happen every time I talk to a new client. Because, as I mentioned before, they always want to inject their brand into it, and as soon mm. as they do that, they kill the the effectiveness of the of the humor. Well, so so there I was um, creating a lot of record breaking campaigns because, after all, it works. It works tremendously. So I'm, I'm creating all these record-breaking campaigns, and I'm amassing this utterly unique body of test history. Um, and and I thought, well, I've got to share it with the world. And so that's what drawing attention is about. Yeah. It's about using um, using humor in advertising and various other forms of marketing and, and sales promotion and social media, even how to, which has nothing to do with business, uh, but but it was one of my uh, one of my um, one of my pastimes. How to use cartoons on napkins to meet people in bars, <laughs> and which is how I met the governor of California once. <laughs> okay, um, is that how you met your wife? Um, you know, I I don't know if I mentioned how I met my wife, but I I used the cartoon a, a bit. But did you? Um, I, so I don't know if you know that. I, she, well, I met her because I saw her in a magazine. Really? Uh, yes, I saw her in that magazine. <laughs> I think we'll do a separate podcast about that, uh, Stu. Yeah, it's a, you know, we could. Yeah. <laughs> actually. <laughs> um, I love the title of the next book, actually. I find it slightly amusing. Yeah, Big Fat Beautiful Head. Yeah, Big Fat Beautiful yeah. Head. 
Yeah, so that one, that's that's my second book, and that one is a book of, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm producing cartoons all the time. I'm submitting to the to the uh, Wall Street Journal and to the to the New Yorker. Yeah. So I have a lot of cartoons. Uh, instead of just a bunch of cartoons, one per page, this one is a cartoon and then a page of commentary. And it's, it's, it was a lot of fun to write these because, I mean, the thing is, there's, there are always stories behind any cartoon. Yeah. How did you come up with the idea? What's it about? Um, how did it touch people? I had one cartoon that ended up putting me in, in contact with uh, Ben Bernanke, whose name is probably not known in the UK, but right. he was the the um, Fed chairman, so sort of secretary of banking, I suppose. Okay. Um, a very important person, and and someone is very very insulated because no one should get to him. He's the he's the guy who determines interest rates in the banking industry. Ah. So um, he's a very key figure, and I got in touch with him <laughs> because of one of these cartoons. So there's a story behind that one, and another one. Um, I live in the in the wonderful, beautiful state of Washington, which is mountainous and it has shoreline, and there are two ranges of mountains. Um, it's just a, a spectacular place. Well, one day I was driving over those mountains and heading uh, heading east, and so in the desert, and I passed through a, a, a town called Yakima, and you know all towns have signage that tells you that you're entering that town. Yeah. And their 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 town signage said Yakima, and really proudly, big letters Yakima, and then underneath, the Palm Springs of Washington. And I said, okay, well, <laughs> you know, I'll bet that the that the that the town signage uh, that Palm Springs has, Palm Springs. I'm sure they don't say the Yakima of California. <laughs> <laughs> so there are all these stories behind the cartoons, and I I, I loved being able to tell these stories. <laughs> and I think it made a lot of difference to the readers. Anyway, so that's Big Fat Beautiful Head. Yeah. And uh, the one that I'm working on now is called Breaking Through. And it's a book that I, I don't expect to be out for, well, probably until this time next year. Um, that's the one that is about contact campaigning. Yeah, the, the title and, indicates that. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, basically, it's using contact campaigns to break through to VIP prospects in order to create uh, breakthrough results in your, in your business. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm excited about it because I, I think that um, basically any, any company with sales reps um, is going to be interested in this. It's a way to get their, their reps through the door mm. um, to their most important prospects. But, you know, I think small business owners are going to find it interesting. It's a great, it's a way to change the scale of your business almost overnight. If you get a large company saying, you know, we want to partner with you or, or we, we want to become your customer. Yeah. And suddenly, you know, millions of pounds are exchanging hands. Wow. So it's a, it's a wonderful um, subject and I'm, I'm finding it really, really interesting because um, although I've used it myself with, with my own big board um, contact campaign form, I'm learning now about what everyone else has been doing. And it's just fascinating. Really, really interesting stuff. Now, Stu, I'm excited because you've got um, a bit of an offer for our listeners, haven't you? I do. Yes. Tell us um, about the offer. I, I, yeah. Uh, well, you if you go to the URL I'm about to give, and I, I, I think you'll be able to find it in print as well, um, the, it's, it's, it's cartoonlink.com slash Roger Parker. <laughs> 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 Can I ask you who Roger Parker it's, is? 
Well, we, well, I do know someone named Roger Parker, but, <laughs> but it's a code name that we also use for offers. <laughs> so, okay. so, so cartoonlink.com forward slash Roger Parker, all one word. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and what will people, what will our listeners find when they go there? Uh, what they'll find is an offer, uh, actually a dual offer. First, they can get a uh, an ebook which is excerpted from my drawing attention book. So, yeah. so it has a couple of the chapters and then the chapter on email marketing, and that's for free. Oh, nice. Um, the other, the other is that if, and I guess the assumption here is that the people who who will find that interesting are using email in their marketing mix. Yeah. So the other part of this is that we're also offering a free test of our cartoon link device in your email campaign wow. so that you get a chance to try it out and see if we can help you um, drum up a an open rate that is double what you're seeing currently. So free test and free ebook. So cartoonlink.com forward slash Roger Parker. <laughs> That's very generous of you. Thank you, thank you so much, Stu. How can uh, people find out about you, about Cartoon Link? Uh, give, give us some URLs and emails and things. Sure. Well, you can you can go to the Cartoon Link site. That's cartoonlink.com. Mm. Uh, you can reach me by email at uh, stuheinick at gmail.com. Let, let's go over the spelling of your surname because it's, um, it's S-T-U, then no no dashes or anything h-e-i-n-e-c-k-e isn't it? it that's that's it yeah so Stu heineck at gmail yeah yeah and then finally uh, you can follow me on twitter at cartoon link so the ad sign cartoon link yeah fantastic oh and one other i guess if you'd like to if you would like to connect with me on linkedin happy to do that as well yep that's linkedin.com slash in i n yeah slash and then my name, Stu Heineck. Stu Heineck again. All no no hyphens or anything like that. No hyphens, just F T U H E I N E C K E. Well, Stuart, it's been absolutely fascinating to talk to you. Thank you so much. And remember, listeners, go to cartoonlink.com forward slash Roger Parker to take Stu up on that very generous offer. So, Stu, thanks thanks again for joining us. You're quite welcome. What a, what a pleasure. Listeners, if you, want to, if you want to listen to the podcast on the website, it's sitevisibility.com forward slash IM podcast. As always, emails to podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. Um, you can telephone and leave messages uh, plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. And of course, we are always available on iTunes and we love reviews as well. So it's goodbye from me, Andy White, and it's goodbye from Do Heineck, and thank you again so much. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. What's new in podcasting? Here's what we love, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being completely straight mm-hmm. and 10 being completely gay, what number are you? Um. You know, I don't think that you should rank how gay they are. I guess, I, you know, that's just a little of a red, just a flag for me. Come on, come out. A weekly podcast where real lesbians tell their real coming out stories. You can find Come On, Come Out on your favorite podcatcher out now. Go listen. ACAST, A-cast, A-cast, A-cast recommends. recommends.